In the first round of competition, four bladesmiths have to create a signature blade that either represents the competitor or matches sample provided by judges. They are then given materials, and while sometimes they are conventional steel, most of the time the metal isn't quite ready to be forged. Preparation of this unconventional metal becomes the first priority. Failure to properly clean the material can lead to major problems, including stress fractures, delamination, and potentially critical failure during durability and sharpness testing. This, of course, is what I have learned from doing nothing but watching hours upon hours upon hours of history channels forged in fire. After the first round of competition, the knives are evaluated and only three competitors move on to the second round, where they add handles and sharpen their edges, or as they call it, fit and finish. These weapons are then tested in a very fun and visually satisfying way, resulting in two bladesmiths being chosen to participate in a final round, where they make a replica of a historical weapon in their home forges that will later be tested by the judges. I'm Kelly, and welcome to Season 2 of Through the Lens. Being that I spend most of my days looking at technical drawings of lenses, I couldn't help but draw parallels between the preparation of steel for forging and preparing lenses for coatings. While optics are rarely going to be used to chop into metal ammo canisters, they may have to endure high winds and debris. And without proper cleaning, coatings can suffer the same fate as improper forge welding on a blade. They delaminate. With this in mind, our very first episode of Season 2 and our first episode of 2021 will be focused on lens preparation and cleaning. To learn more about the cleaning process for optics, let's go to Dan. With all the sophisticated chemistry, physics, and optical engineering we must employ when producing thin film coatings, one of the most critical and most challenging parts of the coating process is the cleaning stage. Critical cleaning is vitally important for the coating process because without it, we would have a harder time achieving adhesion and could also deposit a film with suspect regions where performance is compromised. Because of this, critical cleaning is always a major concern of ours when processing optics. When we say critical cleaning, there are plenty of misconceptions that one may have. One of the largest misconceptions is that a universal cleaning process will work for all optics. In reality, nothing could be further from the truth. Because we clean optical substrates ranging from complex thermoplastics all the way to advanced crystalline materials, each coating process we use is unique and custom developed for the optics themselves. Add in some challenging geometries and in some cases delicate microstructures on substrates and you begin to realize that the cleaning process is anything but simple. One of the best tools we have is an automated inline Aquios ultrasonic cleaning system. This robotically driven system carries custom baskets with optics over a range of different baths that have highly filtered, constantly circulating water. Each bath is critically controlled for temperature and the levels of different surfactants that help perfectly clean the substrate. Additionally, sonic frequencies are sent through the water to remove particulate on the substrates at a microscopic level. These sonic frequencies can be highly controlled to prevent substrate damage and can also alternate between high and low frequencies to remove oils, dust, buffing compounds, and other difficult to remove surface contamination. In some cases, substrates are too delicate or have too low of a heat threshold to be subjected to an ultrasonic cleaning system. In this case, we must revert to the oldest cleaning technique in the optics world, hand cleaning. 
Because the optics that require hand cleaning are so delicate, they require special gloves and clean room cloths that help our staff safely clean these delicate optical substrates before coating. It's time for a squeaky clean sidebar. Did anyone else notice a very specific trend last summer? There are soaps that are shaped like desserts. Fancy cupcakes chock full of fragrance, oil, and lye. Cinnamon rolls glazed in glycerin. It seemed like I couldn't scroll through social media or watch YouTube videos without coming across this crafting genre. Naturally, I ended up clicking on one of the first videos I saw. And three hours down the soap making video rabbit hole, I was convinced that I could recreate these beautiful soaps on my own. As I began to look through supplies online to make the decadent looking cinnamon infused pastry themed soap, another video popped up. Soap making hacks debunked. Now I love a debunking video. I will watch you prove how things don't work all day, every day. So naturally, I was curious. It was a video done by a dermatologist who explained that the oils in the soap combined with real cinnamon being used would actually burn the skin it was supposed to clean. I immediately closed the tab on the soap supply site and decided that there were far more productive uses for my quarantine time, like making real cinnamon rolls, less dangerous and much tastier. The lesson learned here is once again, you can't believe everything you see on the internet. And when it comes to soap, sometimes store-bought is fine. Back to the show. So you've designed the perfect optical window for your complex optical system, had it coded to optimize its performance, and now you need to have it shipped to an assembler who will install it into the optical system. Now is not the time to rush through another now is not the time to rush through another overlooked part of the optical fabrication process. Packaging. There are many times when multiple thousand dollar optics are sent through the mail with little less protection than what we would provide for a pair of shoes coming from Zappos. Because many of the courier services we use to move optics from facility to facility are less than delicate when handling optics, it's important to hope for the best, but always prepare for the absolute worst. An added challenge is keeping optics relatively clean while in transit. It's important not to use dirt, dirty wrapping or cloth as whatever contaminant is on the wrapping material can easily transfer to the optical surface and create permanent staining. Because shipping can be such a challenge, here are a few tips we've learned along the way. Always wrap optics in clean room compliant acid-free tissue or cloth. The lint or dust in non-clean room compliant materials can fuse to high static optics, and some tissues contain acids and oils which can permanently embed themselves into the optics surface. The floating box trick is something that all optical fabricators know. If you can imagine safely wrapping an optic and packaging it in a small box, and then wrapping and packaging it again in a larger box, this is precisely what we're doing. The outer box acts like a shock absorber for the inner box that is also padded and protecting your critical optics. There are also a variety of companies that custom thermoform trays that carry optics safely. Many of these companies have universal trays and carriers that work for multiple sized optics. In some cases, when there are ongoing high volume programs, thermoform trays pay for themselves quickly by increasing yields and reducing the handling of optics in and out of pouches and wrapping. 
In some cases, companies will also customize wooden or metal crates for the most expensive optics. The beauty of these solutions is that the cases can be reused for the life of the program, and when cleaned and maintained like any other tool, they will help keep your program's yield high and spoilage rate at an acceptable level. Hey Through the Lens listener, welcome to a brand new year with North American Coding Laboratories. Want to enhance the performance of your optics? Contact the experts at NACL. Whether it's protective hard coat for a high-touch surface or anti-reflective coatings on sapphire substrates, we've got you coded. Request a quote at NACL.com. That's NACL.com. Today. Like the popular advertisement says, life comes at you fast. It's a fact of life that sometimes things go wrong in packaging, in fabrication, and in other areas of the optical manufacturing process. In these instances, we need to have ways to clean extremely dirty or contaminated surfaces. If we receive in a heavily contaminated optic or set of optics, we have some remedies, all of which have a certain level of risk. It's important that when one of these issues occur, that communication is open and an acceptable level of risk is discussed between the fabricator and the coating partner. The most extreme cleaning we can deploy on an optic is exposure to a highly acidic or basic surfactant. With the appropriate chemistries and temperatures, we can salvage even the most highly contaminated surfaces. The real trick to this process is balancing the exposure to the harsh surfactant so it removes the contaminant while also being aware of the surface finish and quality level of the optic. Too much exposure to a harsh surfactant can etch the surface or leave other damaging markings that will render the optic outside of the quality specification. This balance between being aggressively cleaning the surface while also being safe with the exposure level to the surfactant is something that is learned over time. In some cases, a series of surfactant cleanings will need to take place, followed by standard cleaning, followed by a repeat exposure to the harsher cleaning process. This multi-step process helps remove the contamination while also cleaning the optic safely and allowing for the optic to be repeatedly inspected or for full removal of the contamination. No one ever wants to get into a situation where extreme measures are needed, but when those situations arise, it's always good to have open lines of communication and experience in using extreme surfactants and chemistries to salvage critical optics. it season two episode one in the bag but before we go i want to talk a little bit more about what i learned from watching forged in fire clean alternating layers of mild and high carbon steel come together to make highly decorative damascus in order to make this layered looking material the individual pieces of mild and high carbon steel need to be carefully cleaned before forged together But layered in forged steel doesn't truly become Damascus until it meets harsh acid. Just like in extreme cleaning, acid can be used to remove or alter the appearance of mild steel. This creates the high contrast of delicate waves that Damascus is famous for. Beautiful and dangerous. As Judge Doug Markaito would say, perfectly forged and sharpened Damascus will kill. If you have further questions about lens preparation or optical coatings, you can always connect with us at NACL.com. You can also like NACL on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram, or connect with us on LinkedIn. Oh, and if you find yourself on our YouTube channel, 
be sure to hit the like button and smash the subscribe button to get updates to new videos. Thanks for taking a look through the lens at Optical Preparation. See you next time.